Welcome to PreachingChrist.org, the preaching ministry of Father Patrick Malone, Vicar of Holy Cross Anglican Church in Milwaukee. If you have any questions about the Bible or the Christian life, contact us at Patrick at PreachingChrist.org. Continuing our walk through the epistle to the Ephesians this morning, and if you'll notice in the back of the Decalogue is a copy of the text that we will be looking at this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Let me read this for you. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us together, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith, And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, Two weeks ago, we looked at verses 1 through 3. Last week, uh, as you remember, I was on vacation Uh, This week, my daughter is on vacation. That's why we're using uh, music recordings. Thank you, John. John, my son back there, plays uh, a great mouse clicking uh, twice. This morning, I'd like to pick up at verse 4. Verse 4 is probably one of the most amazing biblical theological verses. Because it shows us a number of things. Verses 1 through 3 show us our natural state outside of Christ. That we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are not ill in our trespasses and sins. We are not sick in our trespasses and sins. We don't have A cold, as I do today, in our trespasses and sins. We don't have cancer in our trespasses and sins. Because God told Adam, on the day that you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, on that day you shall surely die. Sin causes death. This is why people die. Death is not a natural part of life. It's not 
part of God's circle of life. Death is, a, is an abhorrent thing that happens to individuals because we participate in the fall and in uh, sin through our own actions. God could have ended history at verse 3. He could have left Adam and Eve right there. He could have uh, given the just reward to Cain and Abel when they first sinned. And there would be no humanity. God would have been perfectly just in doing so. Our sins. It is so easy to look at the sins of the world and to say those sins are terrible. Our sins are terrible. They separate us from God. They separate us from our loved ones. They separate us from other people, other nations. And God could have justly and righteously snuffed out humanity at their first sin. But the glory of God is verse 4. The glory of God is verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. But God. But God. These four words, mercy, love, grace, and faith, are pivotal for the Christian life. But God, who is rich in mercy, he lavishes mercy. He's full of mercy. He is not purely and merely justice. Justice, God's justice, is perfect. It's holy. It's righteous. But God is not merely justice. He is justice. But he's not only justice. He is rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy so that he is the eternal extrovert chasing down his own enemies, tackling them and loving them back into relationship with him. But God, who is rich in mercy, and his mercy is expressed in love. His mercy is expressed in love because of the great love with which he loved us. Mercy... When someone is merciful, they withhold what the person actually deserves. Mercy is withholding the punishment that the person actually, righteously, justly deserves. The fact that any person breathes a breath of fresh air after their first sin, is evidence of God's mercy. The fact that we can come again into his heavenly presence and kneel and confess our sin is evidence 
of his mercy. Mercy is not giving a person what they actually deserve. God's mercy is manifested and exhibited through his love. He is motivated by love. God is love. Biblical, true love. Agape love. Sacrificial love. Love is the sacrificial benefit we give to the other. Love requires sacrifice. Love requires moving outside of yourself to observe what the other person needs and by God's grace meeting that need. So God's love looked at the sons of disobedience and the children of wrath and he went outside of himself, sent his son who was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and he became one of us. Why did Jesus do that? Because of the love with which he loved us. Love is sacrificing for the benefit of the other. Notice verse 5. Even when you were dead in your trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In our baptism and by faith, we are united to Jesus Christ and we are given life. This is why right after the baptism of a person, our Our liturgy says, seeing now that this person is regenerate, they are united to Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection. Paul teaches that we have already participated in death through Christ, Romans chapter 7. Mercy, love. Grace, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. What does it mean to be saved? It means to be delivered from one domain, from one kingdom, from bondage, from slavery, from captivity, and being rescued and to be brought into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light the kingdom of love, the kingdom of the Son. Colossians says that he qualified us. He made us qualified so that we can be members of the kingdom. How are we qualified? In our union with Jesus Christ. We are wrapped around him and he is wrapped around us. The two become one flesh. Where he goes, we go. What he experiences, we experience. What he's blessed with, we are blessed with. Grace, mercy, is not giving people what they deserve. Love is sacrificing for the benefit of the other. Grace is blessing people who actually deserve 
punishment. Grace is benefiting people, blessing people who just aren't passive. It's not, it's not unmerited grace, it's demerited grace. We actually deserve punishment, but God blesses us, enables us, empowers us to look to Jesus. Dead people can't look to Jesus. But by grace, through his mercy, because of his love, we can then turn our head, and like Moses of old holding up the serpent, we are able to turn our head, and all men and women and children are drawn unto him. By grace are we saved. Dead people can't turn their neck. Dead people who are lavished with rich mercy, who are objects of love, who have been blessed with grace, are now able to turn their neck and to look to Jesus and call upon the name of the Lord. Grace is blessing people who actually deserve punishment. Notice verse 6. Not only did he save us, but he's raised us up with him and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What we call Holy Communion or the Mass is actually a weekly exercise in what is actually true about us. We are seated in heavenly places. We join by faith with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, praising and glorifying the holy name of God. We are feasting. This is why worship is so important, if you're grieving. Because what our dead loved ones are doing right now, we get to participate with that even as we speak. We're joining with them in the heavenly places. Holy communion, worship, worship is a portal into the eternal, glorious kingdom of God. How do we live that way? Because right now I see um, some lovely lights, concrete block, wooden pews, uh, a raspy preacher. How do we know that this is happening. The scripture says it, and by faith, I am believing it. And by believing it, I get up out of bed, I shower, I put my clothes on, I drive, and I participate in worship. By grace, you have been saved, not passively, through faith. This is not of your own doing. So no one can boast. John chapter 1 says it slightly differently, but a perfect parallel. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God who were born 
not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of men, but of God. The reason we have any appetite, any spiritual desire to know, to walk, to be with Jesus is because God plants that into us. It's not because I'm spiritually superior to other people. It's not because I'm just a better person. Because I am no better than any man. It's because of God's mercy, motivated by God's love, giving us the ability through his grace, and then walking by faith, not by sight. That should cause us to be a little Pentecostal. The mercy of God is so rich, so amazing, so undeserved, so lavish, so loving, so gracious, that he holds out his hands to us. And he says to us, take, eat. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, for it is easy. All those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.